I love playing football because it's all about being around the boys. I get to hang out with all my mates every week. To run down the race at North Port Oval with 23 of my close mates. It's fun to run out every week with the girls and I love the competitiveness. Penny's Pies are premiers. Collingwood, the 2019 VFLW Premiership winners. Bolter kicks for all he's worth. Long to the Hello everyone and welcome to episode number three of the Kick Vix podcast. Round two was almost as good as round one in terms of shock results, all sorts of finishes. Sadly, the Bombers got the job done again, which has really impressed Alex Catalano. And it means we're talking Essendon on the Kick Vix podcast this week. Cecilia McIntosh is going to join us. Uh, she's got a story to tell. A journey woman of the VFLW and the VWFL, over 150 games of experience. And she will talk to us about all that and more a bit later on. But first, we welcome in our panel today. Joe Pignataro is my name. Alongside me on the Zoom screen is Joshy Ward, the creator and founder of the Kick Vicks podcast. Hello, Joshy. <laughs> G'day, Joey. Great to be back on. The, great to be back on again. And yeah, it was a, a weekend filled with interesting results. Plenty of uh, plenty of thumpings, but the main thing is the Josh Ward derby was a river between the Blues <laughs> and the Southern Saints. <laughs> wow. Did, you, did they call you out onto the ground after the game to present uh, the best player with a medal? Unfortunately, they didn't. But oh, left you out, did they? <laughs> they certainly left me out. But uh, it was a great contest to watch. Get down at Icon Park on on what was a super Saturday of, of football in in the VFLW. We will talk about that game very very shortly. Let's welcome in another member of our team, Jared Thomas, who joins us again after a terrific debut last week. Jared, uh, any cups in your honour? Over the weekend, just gone. <laughs> honestly, I wish. Uh, I I can't believe, honestly, that I've had uh, the pleasure to come back. As last week, I came out and said that the Saints were going to go 3-0 away from home and then go and storm into a grand final. <laughs> and then I say that, and two days later, they get overrun by the Blues. I I thought that pretty much just disqualified me straight away, but it is oh, very good to be back. Look, no one will ever get disqualified because in the very first edition, I said Collingwood will go 30-0. <laughs> and they're just sneaking a victory over round two, and they've already lost a game to the Southern Saints. So no one can get dropped uh, for some of the calls that they make on this podcast. But we do like bold calls, and we like ambition, and we like people to chase it all episode long. Now, before the first bounce, that's our inaugural question that we ask our panel today. And Joshy must have written this question, knowing yeah. full well that I'm going to answer it. How I'm going to the question is, will either Geelong, Essendon or Casey finish 2022 unbeaten? Obviously, after round two, they're both, all three sides are 2-0. Joshy? It is an unpredictable league, as we've seen from these first two rounds. I reckon, I do think one of them will finish unbeaten. I'm leaning more towards Geelong and Essendon, but the way Essendon, they've had slightly easy opponents, but the way they're performing, I, I think they I think they can go on being this year. I think they'll keep it up. And yeah, I think they got a tough test against a potentially stacked con side, but um, I think they're the, they're the side to be in. I reckon they can go unbeaten if the, if there was a team to go unbeaten this year. <sighs> Disappointed. Essendon, unbeaten. <laughs> 
Essendon. Of all the three teams you could have picked, the red and black, thank goodness Alex Catalano isn't on the podcast today. Uh, but he will be listening back and then providing feedback via Messenger. There's no question about that. Jared, what do you think on these three teams? Uh, episode two me would have said that uh, Essendon will go... Episode two me, hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Episode two me would have said that Essendon would go undefeated because I and I I do believe that they're gonna, you know, go close to. But I'm gonna change my tune because I know that last episode I couldn't do it, and I'm gonna say no. I reckon they'll get done by okay. somebody. I don't know who, but no, I don't think I don't think either of these threes will finish unbeaten. I tend to agree. Um, I would like to say the Cats will go through undefeated. I don't think Essendon will, mind you. After two weeks, they do look like the team that will, given the way they're scoring. And the way they've only conceded 16 points for the year so far <laughs> on the weekend. But I just feel like this competition, Joshy, has gone up another level in terms of its professionalism. Uh, the gulf between the best and the worst sides isn't as big as we had last year, knowing that they had 12 months prior with no games played whatsoever. They got, I think it was nine or 10 in last season before the season was cancelled as it was. And they've had another preseason to put into these girls. They're another year older, another year stronger. Structures are there. All these teams have another level of professionalism. I can't see a team going through this season undefeated. Is that an unrealistic thing to think about? I know Jared said the same sort of thing, Joshy, but what do you think? It is a realistic thing to think about, definitely. Because, yeah, like you said, they've taken it up another level, some of these these sides. Uh, I do think Essendon, yeah, with the way they're scoring, that's why I that's why I think they'll go unbeaten. But yeah, I think it will be a bit of a surprise if one team does go unbeaten because yeah, there is go- it is going to be a very unpredictable competition this year, and um, yeah, the gap between the top and the bottom sides is definitely a bit a bit shorter. But and hopefully we continue to get some really good games and really interesting results week in week out. Now, Jared, the other reason I, I raise this is I'm not sure the VFLW started this time last year at the same time when the AFLW was still not nearing the end of the season, but right in the middle. So some players, now I know Essendon are in a position, we'll use them as the example, where they don't have an AFLW team. So they're not going to lose players to go up. Whereas Geelong, for example, now they're not in finals contention in the AFLW, but they might pull out a couple of their better listed players from their squad which makes them a little bit vulnerable on any given weekend while the sides are still playing in the two competitions. Yeah, in that as well, I'd also say it kind of works both ways. Say a team like Geelong gets towards the end of the year where they may not have a chance to make finals or be pushing up, you know, tougher. They might start putting players down and bringing up some, like, not as good well, players that will they want to develop and play in the AFLW a little bit more, which means that some really good quality players will come down, which means that if they play, say, an Essendon late in the year, it's a Geelong versus Essendon where it could be at the moment, say, Essendon would be the favourite. It could very much just come back and be even level pegging when they bring back a player of really AFLW quality into that AFLW side for Geelong. Now, we're talking about AFLW quality. On the weekend, Joshy, my Magpies finally get themselves a win. I mean, only the second round of the season, but it didn't look comfortable all that much for the Magpies. And I re- want to start there because on the back of what Jared's just said, Sabrina Frederick, player of the match in that game, kicked four goals out of Collingwood six to beat North Melbourne by two goals. If she doesn't play, they're looking real, real vulnerable to Magpies against the Kangaroos on the weekend. Yeah, they do. They will, but it was, they would have actually, um, but yeah, she was, 
she's a quality player. She she hadn't had the best start to the season in the AFLW, but I feel like this is this game was the perfect way for Sabrina Frederick to get back into form. This is why some sides are like have VFLW sides. It, it's it's not it's not just a competitive competition. It's for good it's for good players like Sabrina Frederick to get back into decent form. It is a very quality league, and yeah, Sabrina Frederick, what an absolutely stunning performance 19 disposals four goals three of those goals and it was 13 of those disposals came in a miraculous first half uh 14 of those were kicks uh two tackles two three marks and she is just an unbelievable player her, her last goal that it was just such composure from her too under pressure from the north defender and yeah she just casually kicked it uh, casually kicked a banana on the right foot and yeah she she lifted Collingwood because north they come back after being down and out in that second quarter and despite the fact they'll lose coming back will give them confidence for this season because they now know they can take it up to the top sides like Collingwood. So it was a super impressive performance from them, but they were dominated by a superstar of women's footy, and that is Sabrina Frederick. Jared, I wonder if their defence, the Kangaroos' defence, will take some learnings out of having a player like Sabrina Frederick in the game just so they know now what they can do to combat someone who's in that kind of form and that kind of touch, someone who has the understanding of the leading lanes to, to get up to chase the footy and then turn around and go back again and double up, whether that's just going to be a really good learning curve for them. And the fact that they weren't blown away the week before in round one, Hawthorne really got hold of them, but this time around it looked like it was going that way again. And they managed to peg them back a bit in the second half. As Joshie was saying as well, Sabrina Frederick is an, an icon of women's footy and she's always been, you know, one of the premier forwards of the competition. So having that experience for the North uh, defenders to play against somebody like that is just the most valuable thing you can have. And that's the thing that it's happened all throughout every state league that's possible. Having that step down, you can realize that this is the level that you have to be at to beat a player like this. And they they understood the weekend that obviously they weren't at the level, but they hadn't really played a player like Sabrina Frederick before, especially this year, at least anyway. And they're going to take a lot of learning into that uh, game against Casey next week, where they're going to then look at those forwards and say, look, Sabrina did this to us, but we can do this to counteract it and make sure that this does not affect us again, and we can eventually get that win on the board. It's going to be a big challenge for them. Casey at Casey. Now, that is a doubleheader this weekend with the AFLW game later on on Saturday night. Let's head over to the Josh Ford Cup that was played on the weekend. Carlton, my man, Tom Stafford, gets the points as coach over Joshy Southern Saints, 5-3-33 to 3-7-25. I'm just going to tell you the score, Joshy, and you're going to tell us the rest. Yeah. What happened on the weekend? Well, it was a beautiful day out at Icon Park. It was There was still plenty of people out there. It was good to see a decent crowd out at Icon Park. But, yeah, Carlton, they had nine AFLW-listed players in their, in their side. Uh, Brooke, Walker was, Brooke Walker was in there. Uh, Annie Lee was in there. Uh, Lauren Brazali was Lauren Brazali was in there too. Poppy Sharp, she had a really good t- game too. Did Sharp, but it was a very even contest. I, I just the Sun Saints. It was just their first quarter that was the di- that was the difference. Four, they kicked four behinds that first quarter, and Calden kicked the one goal. And the first two behinds, they they literally shook the right behind post, and I felt like that quarter m- might have costed them because they could have been. Uh, three goals ahead at quarter time instead of two points behind, but it was a tight contest. The um, 
the Southern Saints, they put up a good effort. They had no AFLW players playing because it can confirm they, they were resting them ahead of their three games in nine days. But yeah, it was um it was a tough loss for the Sun Saints. But it proves that even against a side as as stacked with talent as Carlton, they can t- they are definitely going to be contenders. To, uh, there were some really good players on both sides. Uh, Amelia Amelia Klingbell had 20 disposals and a goal. She started off the season well uh your girl lily goss uh joey uh, she had a really good game in midfield 17 disposals eight tackles too she was a she was a superstar in there um the saints diana joel if she she is a tremendous leader and she put up terrific figures uh interestingly was not named in their best by their coach dal robinson but she still put up really good figures 20 disposals and 11 11 tackles too so but uh Winnie Lang too she had a good game against her old club providing run and dash off that wing uh Grace Buchan I can't speak highly of her enough she should be on an AFLW list she's a absolutely class defender but yeah Poppy Sharp as I said 12 disposals two two early goals she was really impressive um yeah there were some terrific performers on both sides uh but yeah, it was a really good win, for, a really handy win for Cullen too uh, after what was a disappointing first loss um, in round one. Did you sing the song after the game or did you have to pretend like you were disappointed because you're right for the Southern Saints? <laughs> I was a bit disappointed. I wanted the Saints <laughs> to get the win, but I, I, I was happy. I was happy too that Cullen got the win. I didn't sing the song. I, did, I didn't want to uh, just out of respect. So um it was great to see go and get the win, but yeah, I'm a bit disappointed because I thought they deserved to go two and zero. And but yeah, Carlton, the, it's good to see them pick up. Good to see them pick up a win and uh, yeah, pick up two wins as well on the day. Jared, Winnie Lang, and Poppy Sharp, as Joshy mentioned in his comprehensive recap of the game, both of them got six coaches votes each from the game. Couldn't be split at the top. Lily Goss and Annie Lee both picked up five each. Good to see, despite the loss, that Winnie Lang's still performing to the high levels we know she's capable of with the Southern Saints. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and as Joshua was saying, yes, they lost, but the Southern Saints have a lot of positives to come out of that game. If that first quarter doesn't happen, they can really improve. And, you know, if Saints end up winning that game, all the articles would rather than be about, you know, Lily Goss or, mm. or Poppy Sharp, a lot of the articles would be about Winnie Lang and the way that she's performing this year and it's how it is. But and that's just how it is with every game. You know, the winners are always going to have more of the things, but like more of the, the headlines. But Winnie Lang has been fantastic for the Sun Saints. And it's it's what she needs to just keep that form up and continue to play like that because we, we all know what she's capable of every mm. single week, week in, week out. Um, but it was just, it's good to say at least that even in that loss, they're going to take a lot of positives from it, the Saints. And I feel like coming into next week, they can still have a massive chance to, to continue their form. Um, but yeah, the Blues were just a class above. Um and like a special mention to, to Georgia Borg, who had 35 hitouts oh. against Sarah Black and Alexandra Hines, which is like Sarah Black and Hines had 26 between them and she had 35 herself, uh, which is then 12 and 12 disposals, two marks, five tackles, two clearances, just an all round performance and something that's fantastic. As good as it gets from a ruck woman, no doubt about that. Really? Now, the Southern Saints will regroup and play the Western Bulldogs at 9.45 at the Witten Oval on Sunday. And Carlton will take on the Bombers in a rivalry for the ages. I want to touch on Essendon very shortly. 
we will give them the credit that they deserve after their win. But first, the game that we pegged is probably the most intriguing going into round two was the Cats playing against the Hawks. Both of those sides were undefeated in the opening round. Hawthorne thrashed North Melbourne and Geelong accounted for Carlton. This one, the Cats get it done by three goals, 5-3-33 to 2-3-15, three, 18-point three, winners. Again, out at Deakin University. Joshy, we talked about the Cats very briefly in the initial question of the podcast. Uh, 93 tackles they laid to 63 against uh, the Hawks. 15 to Tamara Smith. That is extraordinary numbers. If there was VFLW fantasy, that's a lot of points right there and then. <laughs> that is a heck of a lot of points. That is a, a, an unbelievable performance from, from a player who is a, who is a star of, of, the, of a really strong Geelong lineup. She's, she's performed well these first two games. 27 tackles to the combined these first two games uh, and – 42 disposals too. She is putting her name up there and doing some terrific stuff. But yeah, the cats there. I I, I tipped Hawthorne. I, I tipped Hawthorne because I thought they would cause a surprise. They, they very nearly did, but it was just I felt like that one quarter, which was the difference. The the first quarter, Geelong kicked three goals to none, and yeah, it was a it was a really good win. It was a, a very handy win for um for the cats but the hawks they had their performers too uh tegan cunningham she has shone this to start the season too 15 disposals 17 hit outs and a goal she's she's announced herself as a force in ruck this game but yeah the cats are super impressive at home and it's good it, it is going to be hard for any team to beat them down in deakin university but the hawks Give them credit; they they put up a good effort, a lot better effort than Calm the week before. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's the Cats who continue a really strong start to the season. Unfinished business for the Cats, I reckon, Jared. After the way that the season ended for them last year, they haven't seemed to miss a beat. Now they're not kicking the scores the Bombers are just yet, but they're doing enough in the opening two games to suggest they're going to be thereabouts again right throughout the season. Yeah, and. A big driving factor behind that is the pressure that they provide uh, and that they give to these teams. That's something that Carlton cracked under last week, and even not even just as long in the whole league as a as a collective, that pressure and those tackle numbers are what are just driving a lot of teams forward. As we talk about tomorrow, Smith who had fifteen tackles, Paige Shepherd, Paige Shepherd had thirteen as well. Mm. Just to be like their top two, Brianna Beckley had eight, Chloe Leonard had seven, Georgia Clark six, Olivia Fuller six. These numbers are numbers that just continue to drive these teams. And it is impossible to get a good run on when teams are laying this amount of tackles on you. And I think it's something that's going to keep driving them up this ladder and continue, like you said, that unfinished business where they're going to hope to be with the Essendons at the end of the year in, in you know, challenging for that, that big crown at the end. Now, Joshy, we did see, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, Hawthorne have announced their first AFLW signing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about who they've nominated, who they've selected, because I think she's from out your side of town. Yeah, she is an Eastern Rangers girl. Uh, Alex Alex is a, a massive fan of her too, and that is super skipper Bridget Deed. Uh, she is quite a remarkable player. She's had a remarkable start to the season. Uh, 
She started off in terrific form, averaging uh, around 32 disposals for the Rangers. She's captain to uh, just dominate, just dominating every team. Um, it's a proud moment for her, and you see it on Hawthorne's Twitter and all their socials. She was she was very happy when when Beck got out and announced that she would be the first player at the Hawks, but. It's a massive pickup for Hawthorne too, who Bridget D could have gone to the draft or anywhere, but she chose to to go to stick with Hawthorne. She already has two years. She's already played a year with them in the VFLW. And yeah, to get a player like that, who probably would have gone really high in the draft midway through the season, pretty much in all, in all of women's footy, it's, it is a super impressive pickup. And I cannot wait to see. Um, cannot wait to see how she, how she does in the Hawthorne colours. I'm sure she's going to be an absolute superstar in years to come. Now, Jared, reluctantly, we're going to have to talk about the team in red and black because again, they did everything they wanted to do on the weekend against Port Melbourne. Twelve seven seventy nine at two four sixteen. 63-point winners off the back of 98 points in the first round. Uh, Georgia Nance gone again, topped the coaches' votes for the round. Now she's on 14 for the season. Just continuing on, Cecilia McIntosh is going to join us shortly, so we'll also continue that discussion on Essendon with her. But, I mean, look, let's give credit to them because they're doing everything right. They're doing as well as you could possibly hope your team, if you barrack for them, could do in the opening part of this season they got Carlton this week at Icon Park, the arch rivals. It probably just continues on, doesn't it? Look, you'd think so. And I know how much that pained you to say this, and I could see it in your face. Just, just, <laughs> the, just the pain of having to say how oh, good Essendon I can't are going stand right the now. Bombers, but oh, well, they're going well. They're going well. Um, I think the thing that's really helped them so much, and the thing that I think I've been most impressed with them, is that they do not take their foot off the, the pedal. And against teams like, you know, Port Melbourne and and last week against the Doggies, they may not be as high up the ladder, but Essendon want to keep going through these quarters when they play teams like Geelong, like we were saying before, and even Hawthorne, where they will need to really be on their A game. Uh, they do not take their foot off the gas. That last quarter, they kicked another six goals to really blow the margin out uh, wide against Port Melbourne. And that's just the best part, uh, which is, it's something you want to see as a fan. As a fan, you don't want to see a solid effort for three quarters and then, nothing for the last. You want to see them continue to go forward and, and get the percentage. And there, the thing is as well, they got their percentage. Oh yes, of course. There was a yes. score we spoke about last week. So that's another thing where they just wanted to boost themselves at the ladder. Um, but it was just a great performance all around. As you said, Georgia Nenskown had 30 touches, uh, six tackles, three marks, just amazing. Again, Jordan Zanchetta had 21 uh, with six marks, seven uh, seven tackles and seven clearances, which is just stuffing the stat sheet, basically. Um, and you don't see many better performances than that. Um, for the for Port Melbourne, at least anyway, Sophie Milan was good again, as she was last week. She had 17, uh, but it was just all Essendon. Now, if I've got this right, their percentage is now 1,106.25. <laughs> uh, if you're a Bombers fan, that is outstanding numbers. That is incredibly good. After two rounds of football... Joshy, they must be premiership favourites now, surely, given their scoring prowess. If I was an Essendon fan, I would <laughs> love the fact that they are finishing off games the way that they are. Because like Jared said, there is nothing worse than leading by six goals at three-quarter time. And you just the opposition adds a bit of respectability to the score when you win by three goals. I love the fact that they're going on with it and smashing teams into the ground. Because what happens is... The return bouts, or when you sometimes in this fixture that they've been given, play the opposition again, they're just thinking about that. They're thinking, you know, well, they're not going to go away. 
even if we have a two-goal lead at three-quarter time, they're going to come after us again and again and again. I would be impressed if I was an Essendon fan <laughs> that they're running out games the way they are. Uh, and it definitely did pain you to say that as well. Saying it's killing me. It's killing me. Can we move <laughs> off this topic? Uh, it might take a while from me. But the thing is as well, up in that forward line, it's a spread. It's a spread effort too. Like the past weekend, they had six goal kickers, uh, a couple with, th- I think it was four or five of those kick goal kickers were multiple goal scorers and the weekend and against the Bulldogs too, seven goal, seven goal kickers. So they're spreading the load. It's just such an exciting brand of footy. I just love, I just love it when, yeah, they just decide to go all out and not stop. I just love it when teams do that. And it was just so exciting to watch when I got home from Icon Park, um, to watch the Bombers just absolutely dominate, dominate a, a pretty decent Port Melbourne side, but it's unbelievable what they've been able to do these first two games. But the thing about this game too is that they had they were put to the test a little bit in that third quarter. Port Melbourne started to even started to even it up. They won that quarter actually. Uh, Essendon only kicked the one goal, but then they ran away in the final quarter. But that's what, that's what helps them a lot. They get, got put to the test, and they managed to come through. Come through, and still get a thumping win. So it's a massive game this weekend against Carlton. Cannot wait to see how that game goes. I might even get out to Icon Park again, but yeah, it's going to be, I, I cannot wait to see. Mm-hmm. They will definitely be put to the test if Colin is as strong as last weekend, but yeah, it's uh, it's just such an exciting brand of footy and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed these first two games from Essendon and I'm sure our captain Alex Catalano is enjoying it too. He's frothing at the bit is Alex Catalano. <laughs> Let's keep the Bombers chat going with uh, Cecilia McIntosh about to join us. She played her 50th VFLW game on the weekend. She's played over 150 in her career. She's up next on the Kick Vicks podcast. Well, it was a massive game on the weekend for the Bombers, a milestone game for Cecilia McIntosh, as we touched on Earlier in the podcast, she surpassed 50 games in VFLW, over 150 in her career. It's an illustrious career that goes beyond just Australian rules football. And she's here to talk to us on Kick Vix about all that and more. Hello, Cecilia. G'day, guys. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Very well. I'm not really sure where to start, to be honest, because (laughs) you've reached some milestones over the weekend with the red and black. You've reached some milestones in games played across your whole footballing career. And, of course, prior to your footballing career, you've got a couple of Australian representation colours around your neck as well. When you started out on your sporting career many moons ago, did you ever envisage you'd be sitting here today talking to us about a career that is as illustrious as yours? Not in your wildest dreams. Like, uh, I thought I'd be throwing a javelin my whole career. Like, I had plans to be still throwing the javelin now. But then my body, you know, couldn't take me down that path anymore. So here I am a few sports later, still still going. But nah, no way did I think I'd end up here. Now you talk about the, the impacts of javelin has on your body. Now, I would have thought Australian rules football is a little bit more intense on a human's body than throwing a javelin. Is it similar? Are there major differences? I mean, you're the one that's lived this life. What's it like? I guess maybe over time with footy, it's taken its toll on my body, but 
javelin it was it, it was a constant it was like every session every comp I felt that sore all the time it's just it's completely different but also the same in, in a way now the young age of 42 you've mentioned javelin you're also representing Australia at bobsled at one period of your life and you've done weightlifting and you've played football do you feel like even though you've done all these sports each time it's something new you get regenerated, you get rejuvenated. It's a new challenge every time you step out onto the field, competing in different arts and sports across the journey. A hundred percent. It's like um, every time the Olympics comes on, whether it be summer, winter, I always feel like, oh, there's got to be something else I can do to get excited about and go and do that. So every time I've tried something new, it's a it's a whole new journey. It's like I'm a little kid again and I'm dreaming for the, you know, the, the biggest prize again. 50 VF, VFLW games in oh, pretty much five years of the existence in the VFLW. How proud are you to have passed that 50-game mark in over the past weekend? To be honest, I actually didn't know it was my 50th game. <laughs> VFL because I was more concentrated on nearly hitting my 150th total for like, you know, when we rebranded from VWFL to VFLW. So I had my eyes set on my 50. So when, when I got told Friday night that it was my 50th, I'm like, when did that happen? So, yeah, the last few years of the rebranding has gone quickly and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time at Essendon. So I guess that's probably also why it's gone really quick. And yeah, uh, it has been an illustrious career and it seems like you have enjoyed your time with the Bombers. And now this year you, you've, you were you played defence for the first couple of seasons with the Dons. Now you're moving to the forward line. How much are you, and you're excelling up in that forward line too. How much are you enjoying that move down there? Actually, to be honest, when Major told me that I was going forward and he only told me, I think it might have been a couple of weeks before Christmas, he said, look, I've got a plan to move you forward. I was like, really? I, I really <laughs> the back line and I was like, Okay, I'll give it a go. And, um, yeah, so the first two games have been unreal. So I actually don't want to go to the back line now. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've loved the first two games and hopefully we can, can get better from here. Two massive wins to start the year for the Bombers, obviously. I mean, it's been we've talked about last week on the podcast and we obviously definitely talked about it today. Uh, what do you think sort of been the key to success for the Bombers so far to your start? I think just working for each other, we've all got the same goal and I, I, it doesn't feel like anyone in the team is playing for themselves. So every time we come to training, it's like how can we get the best out of each other? And then on game day, it's, it's you know, as you can see from if you've watched the games or whatever or seen the scores, it's, it's been shared around and, um, yeah, no one seems to be going it alone or, you know, carrying the, carrying the team at all. Yeah, and this week you're up against the traditional rivals for us in, uh, in the Carlton Blues, who obviously came off a good win against the Southern Saints last week. What do you think is the message from uh, Brennan Major this week coming into round three just to continue your form? I think probably just still sticking to what we've been doing, especially what, we, what we've done over the preseason and what we've done in the first two games. And, I mean, really, in the first two games, there's still been a lot of improvement for, for us um, because we've been messy at times. So... If we can just, you know, keep moving towards what we're we're striving for and keep trying to tick all those boxes, then I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll do well on the weekend against uh, the Blues. Yeah, it will be an interesting matchup. Now, 
across your, you've like you said you've gone to the 150 VFLW VWFL game mark is there an, is a particular highlight over those 150 games that you you look back on and always enjoy rem- reminiscing about uh, I reckon there's a couple in there. There's one back when I was playing at Melbourne Uni um, when we beat Darabin for the first time that I'd been at the club. And I think that was back in 2015, 2016. I think it was right mm. before the draft was about to happen um, for AFLW. That was, a, that was a pretty big game to get that win. Um, a few others, I guess, like last, last season. No, the season before my first year at the at the Dons playing against my old team, Melbourne Uni. That, that was also a nice, a nice win to get. So there's been, there's been a few. Can I ask you, Cecilia, um, AFLW related question. You get picked up by Collingwood in the inaugural draft with pick 123 and you're part of the, the first uh, 18 or 16 rather to take to the field. That historic night, there was a lockout at the Icon Park venue against Carlton. Take away the result itself where Carlton destroyed Collingwood on the scoreboard. But when you looked around the venue for the national anthem, could you quite believe what you were standing amongst? It was an unreal. It's one of my top three sporting moments. And obviously my other two, uh, you know, the Commonwealth Games, silver and, and, and competing at the Olympics. But it was, it was something else. Having a packed crowd like that for a football game was, you know, you expected at the Olympics, you expected at the Commonwealth Games to have packed crowds. But coming from, you know, coming from playing VFL and then you go into AFLW and, you know, you've got a lockout and the crowd's roaring. I mean, when the siren went for that first bounce, I couldn't hear my teammates. Actually, for most <laughs> of the time. So you really had to switch on and look for where your, your team was. I talk about standing up at Icon Park because I was at that game and I walked in and I think about four people <laughs> after me, Gil McLaughlin comes out and says, everyone turn away, no more. Me and my dad, <laughs> me and my dad snuck in and we didn't actually get a seat. We had to stand up against the wall at Icon Park having to watch that game. It was something else. Like it's, it was just out in an atmosphere that like you don't seem to get at AFL games where everything, because it's all so close together and everyone's so packed together. And you can just see just the passion that everyone had at the time. Could you sort of feel that on the field through the passion of the fans that were coming around? Oh, hundred percent. And more, probably more so after the game, when we got to, as both teams, when the, you know, uh, Carlton and us got to go around the ground and, you know, Mm. sort of, you know, get to meet the fans and stuff. That's when it really sunk in how big of a deal it was. And to be honest, it actually felt like an AFL grand final or what I imagine an AFL grand final would feel like. So it, it was pretty massive. I was. I was there real early. I avoided Gil McLaughlin altogether. And then, unfortunately, Carlton thumped my team. Cecilia, I was there cheering for you very hardly. And uh, well, Darcy Vessio got hold of us pretty early on the game. But we're not here to talk about Collingwood or Carlton. We're here to talk about your time with the Bombers. They're going to be coming into the AFLW uh, next season when it rolls around, do you have aspirations to put your hand up and say, I'd like to be part of Essendon's historic first game in the AFLW next year? Oh, look, I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't want to be. I'd love to be. But I, I also know where I'm at in terms of my age is a huge thing going against me in terms of getting selected. Um, but, look, I'm happy to put my hand up to even just be part of the club 
you know, whether it be as a as a runner or something like that, I'd like like to be involved. But a hundred percent, I'd love to play in that first game that Essendon uh, get to get to play in. I tell you what, the Essendon faithful will be out in droves too when they finally get their chance, having watched six seasons of AFLW from the sidelines while Carlton, Collingwood and Richmond all have teams. Oh, they get grumpy out in, <laughs> in red and black town. Um, I want to ask you about Georgia Nanscorn because she is an out-and-out superstar. I think our whole panel on the Kick Vicks podcast have selected her as, again, the, the player to watch this year as the MVP, and she had another cracking game on the weekend. She seems to have started the season where she left off last year. A hundred percent. She's just, I, look, I can't even believe what she's doing. Every time I look up, especially as a forward now, and she's the one, you know, in and under getting the ball out and to see her numbers again on the weekend was fantastic. I'm, look, I'm just happy she's on my team because there's no <laughs> way I'd be going up against her or be like manning up against her, to be honest. Like if I was the one tagging her, I'd be, I'd be a little scared. And last one before we let you go, 27 goals in the first two rounds. You're playing this attacking, free-flowing football, which is fantastic to watch. I know a lot of AFLW teams are struggling in front of the sticks, but you guys are kicking very accurately. Have you got a different goal-kicking coach down there or a different way about going about kicking goals in front of the big sticks? We've got Gav as our forward line coach, and he's been unreal. He just lets us play footy. There's no, like, pressure on you know, kicking for goals and stuff like that. It's more about having fun and, and enjoying it, I think, and just sort of working for each other. So the more we do that, I guess, you know, the goals will keep coming and uh, hopefully there's a lot more to come. Well, it's been a perfect start for Bomber fans. 98-0 to zero in the first game against the Dogs, 79-16 to 16 against Port Melbourne on the weekend. And You've got the old dark navy blues on Saturday, which we asked you about. Oh, sorry, on Sunday, a bit earlier on Icon Park at two o'clock. You're back to that venue where you yeah. stood to attention with the national. It might be a smaller crowd than the first game, but Essendon fans will be there because they hate Carlton. This is a massive rivalry between <laughs> those two clubs, Cecilia. Good luck in game Thank 51, you. in game 151, and all the best for the rest of the season. I'm sure you feel like there's some unfinished business this year after what happened last year. Yeah, totally. Let's let's get after it, eh? We certainly will. We'll see the Bombers fly up in 2022 in the VFLW. Cecilia, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you, guys. Terrific to chat to Cecilia McIntosh about all things VFLW, AFLW and her career overall. Uh, Jared, you did mention that game as part of the chat with her, the Icon Park game, the inaugural game of AFLW. It was unreal. It was seriously unreal. And she's not incorrect in saying it had a grand final feel about it. I nearly left early because they couldn't get a goal with that prize. But I mean, they're the things that we want to see when, when football is at its purest crowds, that big excited. Oh, it was something else. It really was. And something that I noticed and a reason that I was there, obviously I am a Saints fan, as we know, um, I was there as my footy coach at school, uh, Steph Giocci. Obviously, the ah, captain yes. of Collingwood. What so, a star, Steph yes. is. What a star. <laughs> so, knew of her for the years when she was still playing with the Doggies, when they were doing the exhibition matches, and then when she came to Collingwood. Me, and I'm not even kidding. So, there's about 250 people in my year level. I want to say 150 of them were at this game because Terrific. of her, basically. Like, we all just wanted to get down and, and support, you know, our teacher and our coach and someone that we respected so much. And when we got there, that's when everyone started to learn all these names, the, the names of Darcy Vessio and all these players that were 
at that, and in the end, obviously, ended up dominating the pies. Um, yes. it, it's something that <laughs> it's an atmosphere that you don't get at AFL games where you don't really get that connection to a lot of the players. Whereas at the time, everyone had that kind of a connection with somebody that was on the field that made them even more into the game. Correct. Yeah, we had uh, Nicholas Stevens was also playing in that game. She was an old trainer at St Bernard's, and then she decided that she wanted to wear a navy blue jumper, so she went and got herself <laughs> traded over to Joshy's team, and we don't talk about her anymore. But Steph Joshy, well, she's the <laughs> captain of Collingwood, and she's an out and out star. And I'm sure Jared should be listening to this, and she'll probably want to come on in a few weeks' time. We'll be yes. more than happy to interview the captain of the Magpies. Let's go through our tips for round three of the VFLW. It's across two days this week. We don't have a Super Saturday. We We've got a split round across Saturday and Sunday. We start with Darabin and Hawthorne out at Bundura, Joshy. Now, the Falcons had a great first up win in round one. So did the Hawks. Unfortunately, both teams lost in round two. Who's going to win in round three? Well, it could be an interesting match. The Falcons, they were comprehensively beaten by Casey, who just put up a clinic out there at Latrobe too. Um, I'm going to go the Hawks again. It's... Uh, they put up a fight and I think they'll um they'll still be confident they can get the win against the Falcons this weekend. All right. Hawthorne for Joshy Jared, which way do you want to go with the first game of round three? Um, I think I'm going to I don't know why, but I have this feeling that Darabin are gonna gonna do a bit of something this week, as they did in round one, uh, where they were up against it and they sort of came back and really fought their way back into it. And I just have this this sense that then at Latrobe, I think they're gonna be a, a pretty tough team to beat. And I don't know if the Hawks are going to be able to do it. I think Darabin's going to win. I think Darabin's going to win too. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Geelong take on Port Melbourne at 11 o'clock in Ward Ponds at Deakin University. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cats. Uh, Jared, you're going to go with the Cats or Port Melbourne here? That is an absolute fortress down at Deakin University. That'll be the Cats. Okay. Cats for Jared. Joshy? Yeah, Cats for me. Casey? Uh, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Earlier today, North Melbourne and Melbourne in the men's comp played a practice game and there was a goal from the centre circle. Do you think there'll be a goal from the centre circle for this VFLW game that starts at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Joshy? I hope there is another one because that was a ripper goal from the centre square. Uh, I don't think so. That you never know with the wind down there, though. It is. I've been down there once, and that wind it, it is. It is one of the windiest grounds in across across all footy. Um, this game, I, I'm going to go north for the surprise. I think Casey Casey are a really good side. They take a lot of confidence from their first two games, but I think North will surprise because they put up a good fight, and who knows they'll. They'll want to continue. I think they might continue that, that maybe that second half momentum heading into this game. All right. I'm going to go Casey Jared, just like what they're doing out there. What do you think? Yes, I am also going to go with Casey. I just think, uh, obviously, they survived a scare in round one, um, but I think they really showed their medal in round two, and I think they're going to, they're going to run over north. All right. Now, now, on Sunday, this is not the Josh Ward Cup, but he's going to go out <laughs> to the Whitnoval. And he's going to watch the Doggies take on the Southern Saints. I think the Southern Saints are going to bounce back this week. Joshy? Yeah, they're going to bounce back. The Dogs, they've had their struggles these first two weeks. Again, you never know. They might get some AFLW players back. We, we weren't too sure if Gunn would get some AFLW players back um, last weekend, but they did. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think the Sun Saints will bounce back. They'll be demoralised these first two games, the Dogs, and 
it's going to be a struggle for them this season. So I think, yeah, they'll be the, the Saints that get the win out at, out early, which will be a lovely transit from Box Hill to, to Footscray early in the morning uh, at Wooden Oval. Get excited for it. Uh, Jared, we're seeing the Western Bulldogs and the AFLW start to turn the wheel in the right way. Can they start to turn the wheel in the VFLW or you got Southern Saints here? Uh, I think eventually they'll they'll start to sort of pick up a bit of a bit of speed, but I don't think it'll be this week against the Saints. I think they're going to be just too strong for them. Uh, they still obviously lost to Carlton, but they they still performed really well. I yep. uh, had their good win against Collingwood in the first round, but I think they're going to run over the doggies. Now the Magpies taking on Williamstown at Victoria Park on Sunday, nine forty-five. Now Willie were pretty good in round two, getting the points over the Dogs. What do you think's going to happen here? Jared, you can go first. This is like, I think last week we had Geelong as Hawthorne as our game of the round. I think this one's going to be the game of the round for me. Okay. Um, it's it's so hard to tell because Collingwood are just, they're such a mixed bag so far. Like yeah. they they came in with so much like confidence and, you know, the 30 and 0, <laughs> but we yes. didn't get there in the end. Um, and so we have no idea. So I'm actually going to go with Williamstown in this one. Wow. Okay. Upset first. <laughs> Well, it's not the first upset. There'll be upsets from round one, but this is the first time we've tipping an upset. Yes, or we I being am. Jared is tipping an upset. I am tipping. We tipping being upset. Jared Thomas <laughs> for anyone who follows Collingwood listen to this. That's Jared Thomas's voice. Joshy, are you following Jared, or are you going to go with the black and white army? He wants to. He wants to really bad. I know it's he does. Tough. I can see. <laughs> it's so tough. Take that Williamstown <laughs> scarf off, Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard because Collingwood, I think they'll be without Sabrina Frederick this week. I'm sure she'll be back in that AFLW side, which someone needs to step up. Imogen Barnett, she struggled on the week on the weekend. She really needs to step up. Um, I'm going to go Williamstown. I am going to go Williamstown. <laughs> I'm sorry. That might get me kicked off of the, of the kicked fix, but um, yeah, the, it was a very impressive win against well, a struggling Bulldogs side, but they have shown a lot these first two games, despite the loss to Durban. But yeah, I think I, I got to go Williamstown. It'll be t- I hope it, I hope it's tight again. But yeah, I, I'm going the Seagulls. If anyone has any interest in co-hosting the Kick Vicks podcast in the future, just reach out through the Instagram and the Twitter page because next week it'll just, just me on my own, really. Uh, we because, need the footage of that. We need the footage of that because as soon as you said Williamstown, I've just gone up. And- <laughs> yes. I'm going to be looking for new hosts from the Kick Vicks podcast from next week onwards. The CEO, creator and founder has just kicked himself off by picking Williamstown. Clearly, Collingwood's going to win this game. Clearly. <laughs> By that many points, it's not going to be funny. Last week, our question was around a team kicking over 100 and a big score. Well, that's going to happen this week. <laughs> 9.45 on Sunday. The Magpies will win by 110 points. There's no question about it. Now, the final game of the round is Carlton and the Bombers. We've already talked about this game. These are arch rivals. You know I hate Essendon, so I'm going for Carlton, Tom Stafford, <laughs> Lily Goss. They'll get the job done. I'll ask Jared who he's going to go for next. Uh, I I wish I could go for Carlton in this one, but I can't. <laughs> I cannot look past the Bombers. Like, we just had, obviously, a chat with Steve McIntosh. They are on fire. Uh, so they are gonna, they're going to run over the Blues. Essendon's going to win that game, according to Jared. Uh, Joshy, 
<laughs> You've got the final say on round three. We've lost our minds here, by the way. We've lost our <laughs> minds. Who's going to win the final game of the round, Joshy? It pains me to say this. Oh, another one. <laughs> I'm going with Essendon. I'm going with Essendon. They have an exciting side. Carlton will put up a fight. Uh, I'm sure your girl, Lily Goss, will put up a strong fight through midfield too. But Essendon are just too strong, I reckon, at the moment. And they can, I reckon they'll they'll be tested, but they'll come through flying the bomber flag proud. And, yeah, they'll get the win against the old rival. All right. There are our tips for round three with a little bit of fun thrown in. I think Collingwood and Williamstown might be a little bit closer to 110 points, but I do hope. <laughs> You've already said it. You've already said it. Too late. Said it. Hey, I'll stand Too by. Late. It doesn't worry me. Go the pies all the way in 2022. We will be back next week with more of the Kick Vicks podcast for VFLW. We'll wrap up the round and look ahead to round four. Also, what we have been doing and we started earlier this week is bonus episodes previewing the VFL. They'll be out Mondays, so feel Feel free to click back later on after the weekend and catch the preview of the VFL season as we build up to that in later March. We'll be back next Thursday, though, to preview and discuss all things VFLW right here on the Kick Fix podcast.